Welcome to the Confident Entrepreneur Podcast, a place for you to get inspired, build confidence, and have authentic conversations about the challenges of entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Faith Hubdi. I'm a wife, a mom, a serial entrepreneur, and an integrative life and business coach. Each week, I'll be bringing you new episodes from not only my 16 years in business, but also interviews with your fellow entrepreneurs in a variety of industries. We do better when we learn from each other, and we're going to be sharing the good, the bad, and the ugly, our successes and our failures. We're going to laugh, and we might cry a little bit, but we're going to do it together. My hope for you is that you will be inspired to confidently go after your dreams and design a life and a business that you love. Welcome to another episode of The Confident Entrepreneur. I am so excited to introduce my guest today, who just happens to be one of my favorite people. (laughs) Naoma May is an amazing mom and wife, a talented photographer, a teen advocate, and the reigning Mrs. Tri-Cities competing for Mrs. Washington America. Her platform, Above the Influence, encourages teens to recognize negative influences in their lives, specifically in the area of addiction, and teaches them coping skills and gives them hope that they can rise above. So welcome. Thank you. You make me sound like the most amazing person in the world. You are the most amazing person. So obviously all these things are really cool and all, but your real claim to fame is being my executive assistant. Right. C-O-E-E. Yes. I'm the, so she's the C-O-E-E of my company. Um, well, all my companies really. Yeah. <laughs> and um literally things could not happen without her. But um I try. basically, basically <laughs> this I would be nothing without her. Um, but yes, I am the chief of everything and she is the chief of everything else. So that is her job title is C-O-E. Yep. <laughs> literally the perfect title. It really is. So we're going to be talking about lots of things today. And this actually kind of stemmed from a conversation we were just having yesterday during our staff meeting of two Um, (laughs) that um, about your Enneagram. That's how it started, right? We were talking about your Enneagram. And obviously I've been watching you go through pageants and I actually, I'm going to tell a little backstory about you. Let me just tell you a little story about Naomi May. (laughs) I already know where this is going. (laughs) So Naomi has worked for me on and off for about 10 years, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. A decade. I have tried to hire her about 10 times. (laughs) Maybe more. (laughs) Actually, actually I have hired her several times. So she started with me as an intern. Um, for the photography company. And um, so she's really been with the company as it's grown into the three companies. And, uh, but, and this is going to be like, this is going to sound really mean to people that don't know us at first, but it's going to make sense as you listen to the podcast, but she would run away all the time. (laughs) And I'm just chasing after going, let me love you. She's like, love me. No, don't love me. But, um, but in all seriousness, I, I, you know, she always was a great employee. Um, she always went above and beyond and I never could understand why she was leaving me alone. (laughs) 
um, but um, then in, you know, as she's gone through her journey, she's been able to explain it to me. And um, finally, she let me put a ring on it. <laughs> um, this last, uh, well, about six months ago. Six months ago yeah. um, so she is now and a ring on it, meaning like a key ring. So she got the key to the <laughs> office and she's now my executive assistant and um, doing amazing things. So, um, but all that to kind of segue into um, the reason that you kept running away <laughs> and the reason you kind of started competing in pageants kind of all like intertwines together. So, yeah. all right, so let's get into it. My name's Naoma and I'm afraid of commitment. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Naoma. Thank you. It's so good to be here. <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> this is going to be a hilarious episode for those of you that, so I, I love her so much. I wanted to see her every single day and, um, that scared the crap out of her apparently. <laughs> so Why does somebody love me so much. I don't know. <laughs> to be fair, she is married and he loves her very much. And she, <laughs> how I have been married for 12 years is like, mind-blowing because I honestly never thought I would get married because oh, interesting. that's how much I like don't like people loving me <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh okay so that seems really counterintuitive when you think about pageants because that's literally right. the whole point <laughs> yeah <laughs> is that people love you and um want to watch you and all that stuff yeah. so um so obviously that that makes no sense because mm -hmm. people are looking at you and they're thinking you're beautiful you have you know, all this talent and all that. Well, if they don't know, you do have all this talent. Um, so it really just goes to show you can't judge a book by its cover right. and you're competing on stages with hundreds of people, despite your fears of rejection mm -hmm. and people looking at you and loving you. Yeah. <laughs> you're literally going on a stage and asking people to look at you and love you. Yeah. So, um, and in a bathing suit, even <laughs> more so. So scary. <laughs> But I think, I mean, you, cause how long ago did you start competing in pageants? So this is my sixth year competing for Mrs. Washington. And I remember when you first started and I was like, huh, <laughs> what, what are you doing? You don't even let me like talking to you, <laughs> <laughs> but you're going to go on stage. So, you know, you have this deep fear of rejection. Um, we talked about like perfectionism and like, there's so many things that go into this. I mean, we right. literally could like title this however like we could do like 10, 10 podcasts <laughs> off of just this topic but um I think what's important and that I want um, you to share is you know where did that fear come from why why did you um well I guess how did it get the better of you over the years and then why did you can decide pageants was the thing that was going to break you out of it? Cause it, it really has, yeah. like, it's really amazing. Um, cause you said yes to me. <laughs> so that's a pretty big deal. Um, and that you've had to fight against that and really fight against your own instincts mm -hmm. to compete. And I just think that's amazing. So why don't you start by telling us why you decided to compete in voodoo pageants? Yeah, I, I have always wanted to compete in beauty pageants. Honestly, I was, <clears throat> as a teenager, I saw, you know, like Miss USA. I'm like, oh my gosh, they're so pretty. They're accomplished. Um, they have a lot going on for them. And a lot of people do look at beauty queens as well. They're just 
pretty people who want a crown, right? Um, and so I never really did pursue it until I saw uh, later on in life, they had a married pageant. And I was like, well, I've always wanted to compete, but this is not me. I would never in a million years get in a swimsuit and be half naked in front of a million people. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I started talking to my husband about it, wanted to show my interest. And he's like, okay. <laughs> um, but it honestly wasn't until my daughter, Allie, who was 10 at the time, she came up to me and she was like, mom, you need to do this. You are really shy. You need to put yourself out there. And like, you just, you just need to do this. So me being the mom I am, I'm sitting there like, you know, my 10 year old daughter who obviously looks up to me, how do I say no? Um, and so I did compete my very first time. It was so scary. So <laughs> my gosh, <laughs> I literally remember just standing on stage my very first time, just wanting to throw up because I'm like, what am I doing? Why am I here? I am not as accomplished as any of these people. I literally just felt like I did not belong at that moment. And that is honestly when I knew that I needed to continue to compete because I know deep down inside that I am worthy of anything that anybody else is. Um, and I have really had to push myself to get there. Mm -hmm. So I know that you, you're already getting emotional. We're like five minutes in. Come on, come on. Pull it together. Pull it together. Keep it together for another five, 20 minutes, maybe. Yeah. Um, no, I think that's really awesome. Like to have your daughter say something so mm -hmm. profound to you. And she probably didn't even know how profound it was at no. 10, yeah. you know? So, um, so you competed for the first year, mm -hmm. you didn't win. So then... <laughs> You're like, thanks for pointing that Did out. Not even place in the top 10. <laughs> yeah. So, so then you're, so most people, I will say most people would be like, I'm good. I did what I was, I said I was going to do and I'm good. Like I made the promise to my daughter. I did it. I'm done. Yes. And then on top of that, I know you <laughs> and you know that I know that that fight or flight was was strong. Yeah. So, um, and mostly the flight. Yes. <laughs> so tell me why you kept competing. Well, a, a big portion of it is my daughters. They, you know, will ask me afterwards, are you going to compete again? And the first thing I say is absolutely not. I don't want to. Um, but a couple months later, I'll start thinking about it and then they'll tell me, nope, you're going to do it again. So they, it's, it's basically my daughters who are pushing me to do it. That's I want, so awesome. yeah, I want them to know, like, if you want something, if you want something big enough and strong enough, like just keep moving towards it. Mm -hmm. And I think what's cool about, um, pageantry in general is, mm -hmm. and most people don't know, I guess I didn't really know until I watched you compete is that there's, there's a mission behind it. Like for every competitor, there's, there's a mission and yours is above the influence. Um, and I think it kind of plays into all of this too. So tell me about what above the influence is and, um, why you chose that as your platform. Yeah. So for the Mrs. Pageantry, our, our whole mission is, um, basically called making a, making a difference. And 
we are not just those beauty queens who are just out there trying to get pictures and stuff like that. Like we really are trying to make a difference in our communities. And so my platform is above the influence and it basically teaches teens to, to look at the negative influences in your life and live above them, whether it be drug addiction, alcoholism. Um, I really dive deep into opioid abuse and what exactly that is. Um, To me, it is very personal because I've had three out of four siblings addicted to drugs. And I know from my perspective, a family's perspective, how hard that can be not only on them, but my parents too. Um, I've seen a lot of things like my mom called the cops on my brother because he had a warrant out for his arrest. Like it's, it's a very difficult position to be in and seeing that from, from my point of view, I would never want any other family member to go through that. And I think, um, just a side note that your, um, siblings were going through that as teenagers, as young teenagers. Mm -hmm. And, um, you were telling me a story yesterday about your brother, um, going to rehab and like you, how old were you? Like, or how old was he and how old were you? So he went to rehab three different times. Um, The last time, I believe he was 17 when he finally graduated rehab. And I was 14 at the time when I went to a family weekend. Yeah. So very young. Yeah, very young. So, and then how, so you watched your family go through this. You have your siblings, you know, at different different times, different stages Mm -hmm. um, in your life um, going through that. And then you're watching your parents, you know, having to, to have children. And as parents, we know that our children, when they're doing something, we immediately take the blame and and try and figure out why they're doing this and that sort of thing. And, um, and we don't always get to know why, but, um, no, watching your family go through that, how did that affect you as a child, um, to watch this all happening? I became that child that had to be perfect at everything. I saw what all of my other siblings were going through and I knew my mom needed, you know, like I just need one good child. Not that my, not that my siblings are <laughs> I'm bad. sure your siblings are thrilled to listen <laughs> not to this. Not that my siblings are bad in any way whatsoever. Um, but I always felt like I needed to be the perfect child. I had to have the good grades. I had to be, you know, I had to be that mold um, that kept everybody together. Mm-hmm. Um, and so with that being said, I have carried that on into my, my older years, <laughs> my older years. I'm not old. <laughs> You're I've adult carried that. Yes, years. I've carried that with me. Um, this feeling that I have to be perfect. And if I don't look perfect, then something is wrong and I'm failing. And I, I have really tried really hard the last couple of years to fix that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when you say, look, you don't mean your looks, you mean like, right. look like, from an outside perspective, yes. like that you have it all together mm-hmm. and you know, all the things and yeah. you can do all the things. And that has kind of been, um, just kind of bringing it full circle. Mm-hmm. That was why you couldn't stick around when I was trying to, right. <laughs> trying to love you so hard and keep <laughs> you here in the company. Cause I knew how awesome you are, but, um, that's why you were constantly moving from one thing to another. Mm-hmm. So tell, so kind of, wrapping it up into a pretty bow, um, that need for perfectionism and the, um, fear of rejection, mm-hmm. you know, if you weren't perfect, right. that's where that all comes from. Yeah. So that's where that rejection, um, or that fear of rejection, 
um, came from ultimately. Yeah. It's, you know, I, we were just talking about the Enneagrams the other Mm -hmm. day and I had found mine. I'm an Enneagram three. And I don't know if you have ever done one, I would highly suggest doing that because it is literally mind blowing. (laughs) Um, but this part in my Enneagram was telling me that the first sign of failure, I will quit. And because I don't, I, I cannot look at myself as a failure. Um, and so I've tried to open multiple businesses. I've tried doing multiple things. And the first, you know, customer complaint, if somebody, you know, says something bad to me on Instagram, I will instantly delete it. Um, I don't, I don't like looking like I'm not achieving anything in life. Um, and so that being my entire Enneagram, I was like, okay. <laughs> and I was I, like, oh, I, if anybody, if only someone would have told you right, that years yeah. ago. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's, it's hard. It, it was a hard pill to swallow. Um, but knowing, knowing that it's something that I can work towards and I can fix, um, I am really looking forward to, to, I'm not having to do that anymore because it really is exhausting. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah, that's a good point. It is exhausting to have to um, constantly feel like you are on the verge of rejection because yeah. rejection doesn't feel good. Like, I don't care no. who you are or how like resilient you are. Like it, it just doesn't feel good. Right. And it doesn't feel good to be in fear either. Yeah. So if you're in fear of rejection and then you're always worried about this rejection, mm-hmm. it's, it, it's constantly just requiring a lot of your energy just yeah. to keep from possibly feeling like that. Yes. And that's the thing. Does. Like how often can you look back and say, I was, I was, I had this fear of rejection, but I wasn't actually in danger of rejection. Right. <laughs> I look at it as I'm to me, I'm failing, but nobody else sees that everybody right. else sees, well, she's doing all these amazing things, but mm-hmm. on the inside, it's like, I know deep down inside that, I'm doing something really good. Something bad is going to happen in the next, however long you see it. Um, yeah, it's, it's a whole mind thing. Yeah. It really so, Cause it's not even, cause it's not that you were actually rejected. Right. Right. It wasn't <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, I'm sure you have experienced rejection right. in your life, but, um, cause everybody has, but that's what, that's what fear does to you. It mm-hmm. just gets you all riled up for no yeah. reason and keeps you stuck. Yeah. And that, so can you tell us about how pageants have helped you kind of get unstuck and get out of that pattern? Because that's really like you really, and I'm going to, I'm going to brag on her and she's not going to like it. Watch her face. Oh, I'm sweating. <laughs> <laughs> so she really is one of the most resilient people that I know. And she is very talented. She can do lots of don't look at me. Don't look at me when I'm bragging at you. Um, she really can do lots of things. She's super talented. That's why I wanted her to work for me. (laughs) I'm like, you're super talented. You can do all the things I need you to do. And I want you to come do those things. So all that to say, um, why did you end up choosing pageantry? I know that that your daughter's kind of encouraged you, but how has it really, um, pushed you to get out of that pattern and disrupt that pattern that you've just been in constantly for your whole life, basically. Yeah. I, the first two years I competed, I was just kind of learning about pageantry and what it was all about. Um, I honestly thought going in, I'm like, this can't be that hard. Like you walk on stage in a pretty evening gown, I'll be fine. Um, but it is 
so much more than that. And I have really learned a lot about myself in the last six years that, you know, I do have that fear of failure. So the year, my third year competing, I got second runner up and I, you literally thought I would have won. I was so excited. Like I literally started crying. Like I won. (laughs) Um, but seeing that and knowing that, wow, I can really do this. It set me back two years. So, you know, pulling in that fear of failure and well, I didn't actually win, but I know I can. Um, so that has kind of set me back a little bit. Um, but seeing how much pageantry has kind of formed me into who I am today, I have done public speaking, which I am completely terrified of. Um, I really am just trying to put myself in positions that make me uncomfortable because the more you're uncomfortable, the more it pushes you. And that has helped me more than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you get into those times, cause you're preparing for a pageant right now. Yes. Um, and so I've got the pleasure, I guess you call it, <laughs> um, <laughs> all the drama. Um, um, just, um, seeing all the hard work that you're putting into preparing yeah. for it. Um, even like <laughs> practicing the way you talk. Yes. Because what did you tell me yesterday? I said, if I start saying, um, like, or any filler words, you have to yell at me. <laughs> <laughs> Which I would never yell at her, but you know, just like, you know, how can, what's cool about, um, I think watching you through this process is the people that you have around you that are helping you, your family helps you and all that stuff. So, um, I'm happy to be a part of the process a little bit. And I actually get to go to your pageant this year, which is so exciting because it's always been somewhere far away. So I've not been able to go, but, um, so when you find yourself, like when you're on stage, because I think for most people, that's literally their worst fear is being on stage, (laughs) like half naked (laughs) in front of hundreds of people. So, that like if if we can grasp onto even the thought of how scary that is mm-hmm. and knowing that you are actually scared and probably most of the women out there are that yeah. are that are competing um what is the thing that you how how are you getting past that honestly i will say for one the swimsuit is probably my favorite part of the whole competition oh interesting uh, yeah i actually always score very well in swimsuit which is kind of weird because that's not me but when I'm on stage like I feel like a completely different person I feel very empowered um because there is a lot of work that goes into Mm -hmm. doing a pageant and I've worked my butt off this year with my fitness and stuff and so to me that is my my way of feeling accomplished I didn't fail I didn't give up um so walking on the stage with that it, it really turns me into the person that I am supposed to be, right. you know, um, the onstage question, however, because I do have to talk in front of hundreds of people is a completely different story. Um, I will say my favorite thing out of any of the pageants that I've done was last year. I nailed my onstage question. I did very well. I was very proud of myself. And I remember going back behind the stage and my husband was standing back there and he was like, holy crap, you just did that. And like that to <laughs> me that. was, it felt amazing because I have worked so hard, yeah. so hard. <laughs> yeah. And I love that. And I think there's so many times where 
we um, and you you've kind of experienced it across the board, just in pageantry. We're just we're just going to use pageantry as the example for today. <laughs> but um, where you work toward you work hard towards something, and you get you feel empowered when you're doing it, and then you still don't win. <sighs> so hard oh, man <laughs> yeah so and, and I think all of us can like relate to that even yeah. just in normal everyday life like we work towards something we think we got it nailed we're you know prepared we've done all the things and then it still doesn't turn out the way we want it to yeah. so how do you how do you process that how do you how do you keep going back because I think that's where a lot of times um just people in general um, I mean, that's some marriages fail that yeah. way. Businesses fail that way. Friendships fail that way. Like, how do you keep, how do you go back? How do you get past it and go back? I, so there is actually a pageant blues afterwards because you have worked so hard for a whole entire year. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I started the week after our pageant last year, knowing that I was going to do it. Um, so, so much preparation has gone into this year and afterwards, you know, the last two years I haven't even placed and it has been really, really hard for me because I went from second runner up out of 25 women to not placing at all. Um, it hurts. It sucks. Um, but you have not worked as hard as the girl next to you. Um, everybody has worked hard for this. So it really just depends on that person that day. Um, I will get my turn whether it be this year at six years or 10 years, I continue to compete because I see how much it has pushed me and how much it has honestly changed my life. Yeah. I love it. And I I think that's what I um, love about you is um, that you aren't willing to give up. And like I said, going against your instincts, because that was your instincts is if you would have failed, you would have run away. Yeah. Like at that would be, you would have been done the first pageant. Literally. But yeah. So, but you, or even if you thought you were going to fail. <laughs> so um, I think it's really cool that you keep going and I'm so proud of you. Thank you. Hey. <laughs> um, and um, yeah, thank you for sharing your story. Cause I think that this is something that um, you know, there's like this veil over pageantry and, yeah. and people just think these women, you know, you know, the, the beauty queen, I guess, stigma. Yes. So you're breaking the stigma, but also, um, you know, sharing your story and it's, and it's a powerful one and the above the influence is, um, just such an awesome platform and I just love it. So thank you for sharing. And, um, how can people follow you and how can they support you in your pageantry? Cause it is, turns out it is super expensive. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to be in pageants. So how can people support you either financially or um, just by prayers and cheers? Well, I'm always taking sponsors, even if it's like $10, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, you know, I'm one of those people that I've never actually asked for sponsors because I am one of those types that I like working um, for my money and I don't like handouts and but full circle, I think sponsorships are amazing because I do get to help your business also. Um, I am throwing a mom from April 29th. And yes. um, so all the proceeds for that will go to my friend's place in Tri-Cities, which I'm really excited about. Um, you can find me on social media, um, Mrs. Naoma May. Um, but just honestly, I could use all the prayers I could get. Um, 
like I said before, I really like the, the, oh my God, he looks so great. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but no prayers are, are very helpful. I can use all of them. (laughs) And, um, Mrs. Washington, um, pageant is what? May 13th. Okay. So be cheering her on, um, May 13th. Is it televised? It is not televised. Um, and I don't think she's going to do it on Facebook this year. So you'll just have to wait to see if I <laughs> post myself with a crown or not. <laughs> so definitely be cheering her on. Go ahead and follow her on Instagram. Um, follow all the things she's doing in our community because she does a lot of community things um, around town and she has a mom prom coming up. So thank you again for being here. And now it's time to go to work. all right thanks for joining us for another episode of the confident entrepreneur you are listening to the confident entrepreneur podcast while i hope that you were inspired by this episode my biggest inspiration comes from you and i would love to hear what you think so leave a review and don't forget to share this podcast with a friend Do you have a question or a podcast idea? I want to hear that too. Shoot me a message on Facebook or Instagram at The Confident Entrepreneur or visit my website at www.confidententrepreneur.net. Stay tuned for the next episode of The Confident Entrepreneur.